Good morning and Good welcome morning. to The Real Real Estate Show. This is Marcia Talbot of Better Homes and Gardens, Rand Realty, co-hosting with Grace Warren from Better Homes and Gardens, Rand Realty. How are you, Marcia? I am fine. I was hoping for the sun, but we'll deal with this. Um, we're on WT- We have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> we're on WTBQ 93.5 FM and 1110 AM and streaming live on uh, to the world. At WTBQ.com, we are a call-in show, so please call us and with your questions. We'll answer them as best we can, and that number is 845-651-1110. And we're very excited today. We have a special guest, Dr. Richard Hull, and we are going to discuss historic homes and a lot of things that have occurred over the, over the last few years. I want to say centuries, that have made <laughs> Warwick and our surrounding area as interesting as it is. Good morning. Good, Good morning, morning. Marcia and Grace. It's a I'm morning, everybody. Dr. Hull is an expert, so we may never say another word. <laughs> <laughs> you better say another word. <laughs> but anyway, it's a real pleasure to be on the show. Thank and, you so uh, much. And I congratulate both of you on the work that you do. And uh, Marsha and I have known each other for I don't know how many decades. It is that, isn't <laughs> it? Since the 70s, I guess. And, I, was, uh, I moved here in 75. So 75, yeah. and I think there are few realtors who know as much about this community as, as Marsha does. Uh, not only about the housing stock in Warwick, but the people, the culture, the, the history. And uh, so when Marsha uh, invited me to come on the show, I didn't hesitate to say yes, of course. I'd be very pleased and honored to... Uh, to be a part of that was not a paid commercial (laughs) (laughs) that's right right. i have to tell you i am very excited because i feel like you have so much knowledge to share with everybody and and myself and i am very excited to have this discussion today well thank you grace so So, well uh we had proposed some questions yes and and marcia i think you you were you were asking about uh what were the first houses built in Warwick, and mm-hmm. and 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 who built them, and uh, and when did all this begin? When did the settlers uh, uh, come to Warwick and build homes? Well, uh, I I have to say the, the first settlers to come into Warwick probably came into our town about twenty thousand years right. ago, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they were they were of course Native Americans, uh, our indigenous population, but. They didn't build houses. They lived in, in caves and shelters. Uh, uh, one of them has been preserved uh, by Goshen. Duchess Quarry yes. uh, along our Goshen Warwick, Florida, Village, Florida. I think boundary. that's closed. That's closed yeah. to the public. Am I correct? It is. Well, yeah. I mean, it's open, but you have to have a guided person uh, okay. to take you in. It's not, you just can't walk there. You have right, to make a that. reservation. How do you get that, the right, guided that would be, person to take you in? Because I've never seen that. And I would, no, I would, no, I know about it from a book many, many years ago. Right, right. Uh, well, probably Clifton Patrick would be the best person. He is the official uh, historian of Chester Town. Okay. Cliff Patrick. Cliff okay, Patrick. And, and you could reach him through, uh, through uh, townofchesterhistorian.org or com or something like that. But okay. He, he's, uh, he, he's quite knowledgeable about that and has led tours has done some archaeological work at, at the site. They, they did that uh, in the 90s. I remember they were they were working on it because they were. I, I had leased uh, mm-hmm. some rentals to some of the archaeologists who were working on that site. Oh, uh-huh. so cool. I, Great. Yeah. So that yeah, is a, so. what is that, a cave? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's a cave. So they lived in caves and shelters. Uh, when did they start building houses? I would say probably as, as far back as the, as the 15th, early 16th century, when, when the uh, Lenape Indians began to come in here. There were earlier Indian settlers, and mm-hmm. we don't know what happened to them with climate change over, over many, many millennia. Uh, I, I don't know. But uh, we do see a migration of Algonquin peoples coming in here oh, at least in the 14th or 15th century. And by the 16th century, they were building what we would call long houses. These look like uh, Second World War II Quonset huts. <laughs> I think and ours were, were based on theirs, right? When they, yeah, oh, build yeah, it, yes. when they built the Quonset huts. They were indeed, yeah. Marsha. You're absolutely right. That, that was the architectural prototype of the, of the U.S. Army Quonset huts. And, um, and, they, and they could accommodate upwards of 40 people more than one family. They're obviously living communally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, that's, and uh, that's how the word Longhouse Creek came about that runs through, through Bellevale because there, were a lot of, there was a large Indian community along that, along that creek in, in what is today Bellevale. And, uh, and they lived in these long houses. And that's something uh, that we learned about when I remember mm-hmm. in school learning about long houses and having to build one and that whole, you know, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. well, they were made of bark. There's a lot of history that I don't think we <laughs> learned about and missed out on, but that is one thing I kind of remember doing. Good, nice. good, yeah. Well, it's, it, it was fascinating how they built these things, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they were they, the only problem with them, though, is that they were uh, uh, so contained that there wasn't much circulation of air. So if someone was sick in that long house, Everybody else is probably going to get sick at some point because like home. I, I mean, <laughs> right? They were sealed up. There were no windows. There was a hole in the roof because they had a fire in the center, usually of the longhouse, and the smoke would would go up through the through this hole in, in the in the roof. But the rest of the house the, of the longhouse was quite dry. But when the Europeans came in here with diseases like smallpox. They had no natural immunity, and this is why upwards of 90 percent of the of the of the Lenape populations that lived here died uh, in one of three smallpox epidemics that swept through what is today Warwick, uh, and it was just absolutely devastating. Those from the blankets too, right? I remember reading something about one of the reasons that smallpox were affected that they were given blankets and the blankets yeah yeah that was a trade item sure yeah yeah, exactly but but you just needed one person to come down with smallpox to come home to the to the longhouse at the end of a long day and uh, it wouldn't Mm -hmm. be long before the longhouse would be a charnel house a house of the dead a morgue yeah so anyway but let's get get back to a more pleasant topic so that so they so that they, they were the first houses, let us say, being built uh, in, in Warwick. And then uh, a house that my parents bought in 1949 uh, was built in 1700. And that is the oldest house, at least the oldest house surviving in Orange County today. Uh, but there were probably a few other houses that were built over in the Newburgh area, New Windsor Where area. Where is the house the that Hudson. you... This is right here in Warwick. It was a stone house built by a New York physician by the name of Samuel Guy Statz. S-T-A-A-T-S. He came from an old Dutch family, mm-hmm. um, made their money in the fur trade, uh, and the second generation became professionals, went to, back to Amsterdam, were trained as physicians and attorneys and so forth in return. And Stats was, uh, had a lot of money, and he uh, 
was a land speculator, and he acquired a large piece of land from uh, the governor of, of the province, colonial province of New York and, uh, and acquired uh, a tract of land, which is most of Warwick today, and he oh. built this house in 1700, a stone house that still stands, and his initials are inscribed in a stone just to the right of the front door the, of the whole house. house. Where is this house? I know I've it, heard of well, Four Corners. Four Corners Road off of King's Highway. Yep. Uh, it's the oldest working farm, by the way, in Orange County. We still, It's still a farm. It's an apple orchard. It's okay. called Applewood, yeah. Applewood yep. Winery and Apple Dave's Orchard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's this isn't a bait ad either this morning, right. but anyway, that that's where it is off of Four Corners Road, and and we're still producing crops on on the on the property, and that was a stone house, and mm-hmm. uh, but that was a stone house because Stat and Stats never lived in the house. Interestingly, here's a guy who built the house not to live in, but to 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 solidify and legitimate his claim to the land. Uh, because in those days, the, uh, Albany was quite corrupt. In those days, <laughs> maybe even today, <laughs> and the and 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 the governor, each each new governor would would abrogate, uh, declare illegal the old land patents, and give the and, and create new land patents as political patronage. And uh, Stats was very smart, and he said, "I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to build a stone structure, and I'm going to carve my initials and the date of construction, 1700." in the stone, and that stone is still there today. So that was really the first European house, Europe, as someone, a house built by a European settler, colonial settler, and I said he was a Dutch family. And then in 1714, 1750, we begin to see uh, this land patent broken up and subdivided and other families coming in, like the Wisner family, which is still here today, mm-hmm. uh, the Wisners. And uh, and other families. The There's a stone house on the Wis- on the Wisner farm, small stone house. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly, well, of course. Well, on the corner. Yeah, yes. yeah, got exactly. That, that's near, near the cows. Yeah, that, where that's the sign says got you know on the mailbox. And that's Wis- that's the Wisner Buckby uh, farm, and right. still in operation. It's one of only four dairies remaining in in Warwick today. Uh, yeah, so the earliest houses uh, of people who had money were built in stone, uh, and but for most people who were moving in, certainly from about the 1750s onward, the houses were built really with logs and pieces of wood and so forth, and they were very extremely small, one, two, three-room houses. Okay, okay. we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Richard Holm. This is Marcia Talbot, a licensed real estate broker of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, specializing in residential, land, and vintage homes. Rest assured that I will make your experience smooth and pleasant and hold your hand through the entire process. As a resident of Orange County since 1976, I know every nook and cranny of this area. Please contact me at marcia.randrealty.com for the best experience in your buying or selling process. George Ziola is a mortgage loan originator at Hudson United Mortgage, where you'll not have to sacrifice great service for great rates. 
At Hudson United, George will provide you with the one-on-one service you deserve while structuring the mortgage that's best for you. With a wide range of mortgage options at competitive rates, whether it's a conventional mortgage, an FHA, VA, or USDA loan or renovation loan, George will give you personal service every step of the way and turn your home ownership dreams into a reality. George is licensed in New York and Connecticut and works with over 25 lenders to find you the best deal, one that's customized to fit your budget. George takes the guesswork out of the mortgage process and you will be informed on the progress of your loan every step of the way. George is always available to answer any questions you may have. So what are you waiting for? Contact George now at george.zeolla at hudsonunited.com. Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.brandrealty.com. Hi, this is Mark Chisholm inviting you to hear my new show, Wine Time, every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We're going to talk all things alcohol, beer, wine, liquor. Tune in and listen to us right here on WTBQ Radio Worth Listening To. Hi, this is Wild Baby Love. Start your Sunday with me at 6 a.m. and Gospel Tracks with great music, interviews, and the inspirational thought of the week on WTBQ Radio Worth Listening To with yours truly, Wild Baby Love. I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning and welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I am Grace Warren along with my co-host today, Marcia Talbot. Good morning. Good morning. Again. And our um, special guest. guest. Special guest. Richard Hull. He's here and we're discussing some of the early homes that were built in Warwick. And uh, we were just talking about stone homes, and then we kind of got into the the more modest structures. So we can continue from that right. point. So, so for the more prosperous people who were coming in uh, from the 1715, 1720s onward, uh, they were building in stone. Uh, and there was a lot of stone here. I mean, you can see it in Warwick today. Most of the farms here are delineated by rough stone walls. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and so they'd pull these stones right out of the ground and uh, cut them and uh, and use them. And, of course, another wonderful stone structure in Warwick is the Bear Tavern, uh, mm, right in the center yes. of, of Warwick Village. But Warwick has a very fine tradition of stone structures. Uh, we should actually the store one of the historical sites should have a, a tour of stone houses it would, it would really and, and actually that's a nice one beca- idea because they they each one of them has an interesting history. Uh, we know the history of these houses, almost all of these stone houses. Mm-hmm. But but for most, most people were just small yeoman farmers, uh, many of them not even owning their land, renting it from the larger landowners and building on, on, on the property. Uh, and they were built mainly from logs until sawmills began coming in because we do have a lot of water in Warwick, <laughs> a lot of war, a lot of rain these days. But a little more than we expected. Than we would like. But, but, but we've got these wonderful streams that provided power, hydropower to mills. And so from uh, really uh, coming into the Revolutionary War period, we were seeing many people building mills, grist mills, but sawmills as mm-hmm. well, you see. And with the coming of sawmills, people could build more substantial homes. 
they weren't just log cabins from that period onward. And I don't think, um, are there any log cabins that are still existing in the area? Yes. Um, there's one just south of us here in it, Sussex. Uh, well, there's one that, um, what do you call that? Um, chip and, or log and chip or something like Borden that. Borden Bat? No, it's we have the little white where there's white. Chinking? Chinking. Oh, chinking, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's on, it's in Vernon. And yeah, I was, that's it, in Vernon. That's the one exactly. you're thinking right about the on the mountain. Mm-hmm. It's on the mountain. And it was supposedly was a trading post at one point. Possibly. That, was I, that, that I don't know too much about. But, uh, yeah, and the um, the houses were very modest in Warwick until mm-hmm. uh, after the Civil War with the coming of the railroad here. Uh, these farmers who were just barely eking out in existence suddenly realized they could get fresh, they could send their fresh milk into New York markets, New York City markets via rail. Mm-hmm. And uh, so prosperity just came here in a very dramatic way uh, from the 1860s onward. And and farmers were tearing down those little shacks, <laughs> they would say, and building very substantial homes and so so many of these so-called country victorian structures you see all over warwick today all over orange county some of them are really quite substantial mm-hmm. homes you know four thousand square feet and so forth especially some like of them, in uh, yeah. in the goshen area there's well, a lot yeah yeah but we, homes. we also have oakland avenue right yeah yeah you know. exactly and and so uh the homes were becoming quite substantial and they were, uh, and the diversity of architecture became quite extraordinary too. We began to see by the late uh, 1800s uh, uh, Queen Anne style, Tudor style houses, Georgian style houses. Uh, I mean, uh, really quite a, an amazing variety of homes, well constructed, and some of the homes actually being designed by professional architects mm-hmm. too. In the old days, the builders acted as architects as well. <laughs> My great-grandfather was one, too. Uh, people often in the family correct me when I say, uh, you know, our great-grandfather was an architect. No, Dick. He was a builder who designed a lot of the houses that he That's built. That's funny. <laughs> Back uh, in the ha- 1800s. I was going to say, I had a book of old architecture and, and pricing. And mm. so the house on the corner of 17A and Ironfort Road the Gothic uh, Victorian. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where it is now because I probably put it somewhere to keep it safe because it was really interesting. I have the floor plants for Dude, that house. really, yes, Marcia? because I looked at that. I, at that That's, time, that a, house was on the market and it's kind of Queen Anne staircase. Yeah. And I was going through this book and I go, I know this house. <laughs> so I have to find it because it's well, really Well, Marcia, fun. I've always <laughs> admired you because when Marcia is listing an old house... I know that I'm going to get a phone call or I'm going to run into Marsha at a party or some fundraiser or something, and she's going to say, Dick, you know, I've got this house listed. Uh, it was a Minturn house. Who are the Minturns? Uh, and uh, I said, well, Marsha, I'd scratch my head. Mm-hmm. I think I might have some information on the Minturns. Well, the information, and, uh, Dick, on that house, which is on the market, and it's a beautiful house on 11 acres. Mm-hmm. This is a plug. Um, on Minturn Road. On Minturn Road. <laughs> it was the Minturn house. Beautifully, lovingly restored. Um, it's on the market for $649,000. It is stunning. And all the information 
that Dick was able to supply is in the House. So it's not only about the House, but about the Revolutionary War and about the soldiers that lived in our area and uh, were in the Revolutionary War. Well, the Minterns were, were played a very right. important part in the Revolutionary War. They must have War. owned all that property yes. there at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. they had that, a huge I mean, amount I of property. Right there, too. They probably owned my property. Yes. Oh, yeah, they, they owned right up to uh, uh, East Ridge Road and a lot of land in that area. That Cedar Hill uh, development mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. part of the Mintern farm property. Uh, yeah, they, they're an old, distinguished uh, Warwick family. And... I keep emphasizing to the real estate profession, you know, if you know the history, the lore and the legends of the buildings you're selling, uh, you're more likely to attract attention. People, people, uh, and, and attention from people who appreciate those things and are looking for historic homes right. and, and are willing to, if they haven't already been restored, are willing to make an investment in restoring and refurbishing those homes. And mm-hmm. We are unique in Warwick. There aren't too many towns in all of Orange County who have a historical site that operates a huge archive. And people can go in. It's no cost. They can go in and they can get information on a house that they might own and they're trying to sell. Or someone coming into Warwick and wants to buy an historic home. They can go to the Warwick Historical Society archive and they're probably going to find old photos and plans and all kinds of things. And... and um, uh, there are a few realtors like Marsha uh, who really takes the, the time. <laughs> well, there aren't too many who, who, who take advantage of all these amazing historical resources that we have uh, uh, in, in the community. Uh, a number of years ago, I had a, my, fam, my, my wife and I owned a house in Sugarloaf and uh, the craft community. And we, we put the house in the market because we we're building a house on the old family farm here in Warwick. And um, it wasn't selling very well. It wasn't attracting much attention. So I put a, I made a big sign, had a big sign made up saying, Historic Nap House, 1832. And I, I put it up on a Thursday afternoon. And that weekend was the uh, fall festival for Sugarloaf. And a young woman by the name of Rachel Bertoni came into town and was attracted by that sign. And the house came in. We showed the house. And it was a done deal. Within a matter of, of days, we had a binder on, uh, on that house. And, and, uh, and, of course, and she's been a great force in, in Sugarloaf's uh, right. revival. And, and in Warwick. And in Warwick. Now she has a, her jewelry store in yes. Warwick as well. But, you know, I say, so the Historical Society started a, uh, set up a committee to, to put historic markers on the historic mm-hmm. homes as a fundraiser that you could you could buy one of these from the historical society and make a contra- tax deductible contribution and m- maybe your house would be sold faster and get a better price, but I couldn't get anyone in the real estate profession I, to get involved I in this. Could... I just I tried and tried and tried, and and, and I, from my own experience I said hey this is almost a no brainer. So this has been going on. We, we, we launched this two years ago. I, I really recall that. And, there's just, and there's been no response. I can't understand I, it, really. I think it's a little quiet that not everybody is aware of it as well as it should be. And one of the things that I love when I go to old home or old towns in New England and you drive by and the house says 1803, right. you know, and it's like, there's always like, my goodness, somebody's been living here since 1803. And I just always find that really interesting. Yeah, someone, so I would love to see more of the houses being marked. 
Yeah, they, they really should. Not, not only, well, someone must have been living there, but who was living there? And then you go to the historic and you discover, oh, my God, he was a famous judge in New York. Or he was, uh, you know, a, a, one of the uh, uh, key people in setting up our U.S. Constitution or something, like General Hathorne and well, so forth. Look what's happening and, there. It's so exciting. Well, that's it, you see. <laughs> and, and, you know, and suddenly that house becomes a house of interest. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I mean, I was in real estate for a number of years with Rainer Real Estate years ago. That's a plug. And, 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 but, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Barbara. <laughs> but, 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 really, but really, but what, but what I learned as an historian and someone who'd written about Warwick's history, I could use my knowledge of history as a marketing tool mm-hmm. to, 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 sell, to sell historic homes. And so I think that, you know, I'm, I'm, there are a number of people like Marsha who do take advantage, but I think more people who are selling real estate, and not just in the real estate profession, but people who are trying to sell their homes or looking to buy homes, need to develop more of an awareness in, uh, in using that as a tool, as a marketing, a key marketing tool. Uh, I mean, we like to, I know, I'm, I'm not speaking for the Warwick Historical side or any historical side, although I'm town historian, but I... But I know that uh, uh, these historical sites would love to have greater participation uh, from the um, real estate people in their work. Are those homes that are in, say, maybe Greenwood Lake or Florida, Pine Island, do you are including those in like those historical markers or is it solely for the village? No, no, it's town. Because there's a lot of homes in, in, in oh, Florida. Oh, Greenwood Lake too. Greenwood Lake, oh, yeah. a lot of other old Weatherstone homes going back to the 1860s, and uh, Grex Maplewood Inn, which was uh, one of the oldest restaurants and hotels in our whole town. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, it's it includes not only the town but our incorporated villages and hamlets, and uh, oh, a- abs- absolutely. So um, we're going to have to take a short break now. Um, And we will be right back. The real estate market is hot. If you have been thinking of selling your home, now is the time. At Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, we pride ourselves on delivering an exceptional client experience. Our professional agents will provide you with the market data you need to price your home properly and follow through with the best marketing to get your home sold. Call our office today at 845-986-4848. Hi, this is Liz Ridgway, a licensed real estate salesperson specializing in the Orange County, New York and Bergen, Passaic and Sussex County, New Jersey areas. I'm an expert in helping my clients find their dream home and will further assist with the best attorney, mortgage, and inspector referrals to make the process a stress-free journey. I'm located out of the Goshen, New York office and my Wyckoff, New Jersey office. Visit me at lizridgeway.randrealty.com and get your boxes packed. Hi, this is Christine Koenig with Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey, I focus my business in Orange, Sussex, and Passaic counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show 
Mondays at 10 a.m. Hi, this is Susan Glusica. And this is Scott Lask. And we're your hosts on Wall Street to Main Street, heard every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Call or text into the show and learn how to invest in your future without regrets. Right here on WTBQ. Hi, this is Dr. David Leach, the superintendent of the Warwick Valley Central School District and host of Your Schools. Listen every Monday at 12 noon to learn what's happening in your schools right here on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. WTBQ weather. Mostly cloudy skies, another damn start to the day, occasional drizzle, a few showers this morning, 65 to 70 as we go through the day this afternoon, staying cloudy. Tonight, mostly cloudy, a few more showers can linger, some drizzle too, low near 60. Tomorrow, look for morning clouds, some areas of drizzle can wait to partly sunny skies in the afternoon and warmer in the mid and upper 70s. Cloudy tomorrow night, patchy fog and drizzle, a low 60s to upper 50s, and Wednesday, look for clouds and some sun, another warm day, a couple of showers in around 80. I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist Tony Salimo from the WTBQ Weather Center. WTBQ, I'm gonna make this place your Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show with myself, Marsha Talbot, and my co-host, Grace Warren, and our special guest, Dr. Richard Hall. So we're going to continue with Good. some questions. Um, we're skipping centuries here. But, <laughs> but one of the things that I know people always question is about if you buy a house, and this is specifically in our village in Warwick, in the historic district, what does that mean? Well, if you buy a house in the in the in village of Warwick Historic D- District, you're buying a house that has a history. Uh, and I should say, back in 1976, the Orange County Historian's Office did a survey throughout the county of every town and village of historic dwellings, and it was a, in a huge study. And they came up with this enormous report of photographs and essays, historical essays on houses. And there are dozens and dozens of houses all over Warwick who are in this. It's, of course, readily available. Some, pe- some people have looked at this who have been buying in, in, uh, in our town. And, uh, and it's just a great source. If someone wants to know about the history of a home that they're either trying to sell or buy, they, they, they can refer to this, and the chances are it's going to be there. Now, when that was done in 1976, we all said, hey, look at all these historic homes in Warwick Village. Why don't we set up an historic district? And then we learned that, well, gee, we, we could even put that on, on the National Register of Historic Districts in America. And so um, in 1984, we took the research from the county historian's office on many of those houses, expanded it, got young college students to go to, to knocking on doors and so forth and going to the Historical Society archives, collections and so forth. And, and we came up with a lot of houses in downtown Warwick Village that mm-hmm. were of historical importance. So we had the information to go to, the, to Washington and to, and to establish an historic district. So there's a certain element of prestige in that. And there's a certain element of security. If someone's going to make an investment in one of those homes, they'd like to know that maybe their, the house next door to them or across the street isn't going to be torn down or is it going to be uh, sided with vinyl in, uh, you know, or, or the historic windows are going to be ripped out and modern bay windows will be put in, that they'll, they'll know that they'll have some protection. Mm-hmm. And, and to people who are interested in historic homes, that's important to them, not only from a real estate value point of view, but from an aesthetic point of view so, as well, uh, an my, historical point of view. My question is, where, what does that encompass? 
I actually went to Is a there map. a map? There is oh, a map. Oh, yeah, there is, there is a map. Could you just maybe describe a little bit about, like, where that goes into the village? Because it's not the entire village. No. Oh, it's no, It's only no. right in the... The center. About seven or eight streets when you yeah, say Yeah, I haven't seen that map recently, but the way I remember it, it's probably the, the old school Baptist church. So it'll be to the left of that street, yeah, made to the yeah. end of that street. And then... Colonial goes out Colonial Avenue, Maple Colonial, Avenue, uh, Main Street. Main Street, Oakland, parts Oakland. of Oakland. Oakland and Welling and Wheeler. Uh, and Welling south Avenue. parts of South Street. If what I about parts of South Street, like, like exactly. Clinton Street. Yes. Clinton yes. and some Linden. Of those over there. Clinton and Linden, 1st Street, 2nd uh, Street. Um, yeah. Uh, so if someone's to purchase a home in there, then there's the they're in the within the historical district, and they have to right. follow the. There's not a lot of rules. No, there's, there's just very few, few right? There's surprisingly few restrictions, yeah. but but we do have out of that also grew what we call the architecture review board. There's mm -hmm. a village review board and a town review board, and one of their responsibilities is to to act as stewards, let us mm -hmm. say, uh, real estate stewards, to make sure that if if one of those houses has been sold or somebody wants to radically change a design um, of, of the house, they have to go before a, 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 an architectural review board. If uh, I remember correctly, it has a lot has to do with the color of your home. So you, and the color of the roof. The color of the well, texture the, of the roof, perhaps, yeah. and the color of the home, the color, and, but uh, not. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't renovate your house. Oh no! But the, if it's a historical home on the historical register, yeah, as the individual home, there are much greater restrictions, and I don't think we have any of those. Do yeah. we? I don't think no, so. No, no, not not really. And and it's and it's up to individual communities too. Right. It, it, there's it's not a federal law or even a right. state law. But uh, but there are advantages to getting on the state and, and mm -hmm. national historical register. It makes it special. Well, and there's money available. You see, you, yes, you, you, you can get money available. I mean, this is like our purchase of development rights in town. People say, oh, how are we going to spend? I mean, are we going to spend millions of taxpayers' dollars saving land, saving farmland and woodlands and so forth? Well, what happened was that we set that up, and then we went to foundations like the Open Space Institute, and we have received, I can't tell you how many tens of millions of dollars we have received at no cost to taxpayers. In grants? Matching money in grants to acquire open space. And, and, and old homes, too, right? And old homes, like the, yeah. the Mapes House exactly. in Florida is one in, of those in homes. Exactly. In Florida is another example. I mean, we uh, people didn't realize that once we got that going, there was a lot of potential matching money. And the same goes for homes that are on historic registers. Uh, a big developer in New York came out here and bought the Hathorne historic Hathorne house and the house just up the street. And and the Friends of the Hathorne organization, which is led by Sue Gardner, initiated by it, uh, they put they, they worked with that developer who bought those two historic homes pre-revolutionary homes uh, to to um, uh, to get on the historical registers, state and federal registers. And I mean, listen. Now, was he able to get grants because of that? Well, he's been applying for, for grants. Yeah. Some I mean, he's mm -hmm. I mean, there is this this potential and people often don't realize it. That's another reason why I'm urging everybody, not just people mm -hmm. in the real estate profession, but homeowners and buyers 
to take advantage of the fact that Warwick is quite unique and that we have a lot of historical information now, about these Now, there's homes. a lot of homes that are not within the historical district that are older homes that may oh, need yes. restoration. And Hundreds is it is it um, is there an availability of grants for homes like that, too, if they want to restore them? Uh, no, no, there isn't actually. <laughs> I mean, you have you have to be you registered. You move your house. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, it has to be within the district yeah. to yeah. get that. Yeah. Or you have to uh, get on the historic register, and that's not really a big deal. I mean, you know, it requires some paperwork and some research. But what I'm saying though is, we've got a reference book. It's a multi-volume reference book with many of these houses in Warwick. In that book, photographs of them historical essays and you just put all that together on your application so you have a head start here here in Warwick you have a real advantage okay Uh, so say uh, you know if I went to a house on Distillery Road and I don't even know if there is one over there and there it's an old home and it needs renovation and you can get it on the historical register is that what you're saying you could do you could if if you if if you had the paperwork right. to prove that that isn't was an, is an historic home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about sure. if it has tree trunks in the basement? <laughs> I was in a house this weekend. I had tree trunks a, in my basement. Uh, a, 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 a tree a trunk in the basement. In the basement. And it was in Greenwood Lake. Wow, that that's that's fascinating. My house has tree trunks in the basement. Wow, yeah. boy. Well, you know, basements tell a lot it about the history leaves. of the house. By the way. You know, yeah. you, you can learn about the history of your home by going down the stairs into the basement to oh, yeah. see how how that basement was built, how it was put together. And it, you can see the original structure, typically, yes. too, because I lived in an old house uh, on a Pine, Pine Island, Island Turnpike, and it was built in 1865, and I didn't know anything about old houses at the time, but it was in derelict condition. <laughs> wow. But really? we, we did, you know, whatever we could. We stayed there for 10 years, but, um, you know, that that kind of got me interested in old homes. So well, yeah, but you study the architecture. Uh, the historical society has been working with the schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a program called Green Architecture in Warwick High School, and we had students. Uh, this was about a year and a half ago, in the spring of 2016, I think, or seven. Maybe it was just last year. Uh, and we took them through, for example, the Bear Tavern, mm-hmm. and we showed them everything from the basement to the beams, how the beams were put together, the floorboards and everything. And all of that is like, it's like an archive. You walk in there and you look at the way the building was constructed and it will give you a lot of information about when and by whom and what kinds of woods were used. Wood that, for example, a lot of chestnut went into these homes, particularly the barns. There aren't any chestnut trees anymore. No. Uh, they, they, you know, they were, they're gone from diseases. And uh, so we learn, we learn a lot about our history just by... Uh, by studying these houses, we learn so we learn more than just simply the architectonics of the building, but we learn about the history of our community as so well. One of the other questions I had, as things as people moved into the area, were there waves of immigrants in certain areas coming into? Oh Norway? yes, absolutely. We uh, might not have uh, enough time for this one. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, waves of, 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 for example, Italians. People often ask, uh, you know, the, these Italian families, where, where did they come from? Well, a lot of them came here to build our railroads. 
the Erie Railroad, the Warwick Valley Railroad, and so forth. And yes, they, I actually and have they, a um, someone in my family that came to the United States to build the railroad. There you go, you see. So that was one wave. Uh, we had uh, waves of, uh, of Dutch originally because they were coming out of uh, New Amsterdam, coming up the Hudson River in search of trade, mainly pelts, beaver, because they were beaver pelts were bringing a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so some of the earliest European visitors to this area and later to become settlers were 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 dutch coming coming out of uh new amsterdam like the stat house and yeah <laughs> like like the stats has and then french and then french huguenots many my own ancestors mm-hmm. on my dad's side the Giraud's, uh were french huguenots who came into the hudson river valley they were escaping persecution of protestants in france did they move to huguenot uh, up to well there's to, huguenot to, to marlboro here, but new Paltz, new that, Paltz. all along that yeah. that that western side of the of the hudson river large uh, uh huguenot families um we we've seen uh uh, more more recently, uh, well, we're, we're beginning to see Asians, people of Chinese uh, ancestry, not just coming into Warwick, but uh, in other parts of the county. Look at Dragon City in the western part of our county up near Greenville. What? Uh, that's a huge, <laughs> a huge Asian community, tens of thousands now, the largest uh, a new town in our in Orange County. Where is this? Um, yeah, Marsha well, and I are looking listen, at each other, scratching our head right now because we don't know about well, this. Well, take the Metro North train through Orange County, you know, the commuter train. And it ends here, in Port Jervis. And, and go out toward Port Jervis, and you'll look out your train window, and you'll see a pagoda there. Okay. And and that's okay. and that's the we telltale sign we have of the new. Someone is calling. Uh, a- Hi, city. what's your name, and and, Sorry and to... uh, where are you from? <laughs> Hello. Hi, this is Chris to talk to Marsha. Hi. Hi, Chris. You're on, what a pleasure. on the air. <laughs> and a okay. surprise. What's up? Uh, call me. Call me. Call me. Call you. Call <laughs> you. Okay, Chris. Chris, we're, we're on the radio the radio right now, so. Anyway. Marsha will call you when we are off the radio. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Right. Bye, bye, Chris. Right. <laughs> that's, oh, that's a new one. Hilarious. That oh, is God. hilarious. No matter where or when. But, yeah, right. They track us down, yeah, right, Marsha? Amazing. It appears that way. But but and, but again, look now, now now look at the Polish families. They my they, husband's of Polish they descent. They came yeah. out here and came out to the Black Dirt area. German and Polish. And, and German. Uh, that came via Russia. They're originally from Germany, Lutherans from Germany. The Polish were mainly Catholics. The Lutherans from Germany went to Russia through the workings of the of the royal family. They wanted modern farmers, and they brought those Germans to Russia on a hundred year lease for land and and no military service. They would they would they'd be free of the draft for young men. Well, when that expired in the 1890s, they left Russia and came here. Uh, to Orange County and began to farm in our black dirt area and transform that That's area. That's the Polish and the Germans? And the Polish and, and the German families. Like those, uh, the, the Lutherans tend to live in what we call Little York, mm-hmm. the hamlet of Little York, and the Polish families tended to live around Pine Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pulaski Highway along Pulaski there. Pulaski Highway, yeah, my, exactly. my mother-in-law is, is, is of Polish descent. She grew up in, in Florida. Florida Village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, well, was, there, well yeah. there, there you it's, go. It's, uh, you Jessup Switch Road and then sure. over to, uh, you know, the village. Yeah, so, yeah. to me... So, yes, we did have mm-hmm. waves of immigrants, yeah. and they lived in specific areas, the African-Americans mm-hmm. as well. They lived along McEwen Street and some in, in Greenwood Lake, Greenwood Forest Farms. Yes. One of the first 
black resort communities in New York State history. 1929 or somewhere uh, in the 20s. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I think it's, to me, See, it's Martha, exciting. you've got a good sense of history, and that's why you history. sell real estate <laughs> and do so well at it, because you know, you know the history of the community, and that's so important. So I, I, we need to take a short yes. break, and we will be right back. This is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty for more than 17 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs, and then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well, and whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. O'Keefe & McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe & McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail, their dedication to a smooth closing, and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Hi, this is Suzanne Dermany, an associate broker at Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty in the Goshen office. Whether you are a first-time buyer or relocating or a seller, rest assured your journey will be a memorable learning experience. For more information, please visit my website at suzanne.dermany.randrealty.com. S-U-S-A-N-N-E dot D as in David, E-R-M-I-G-N-Y dot randrealty.com. Tune into the nonprofit Notebook, your resource for and about people helping people. Learn about all the events and services available for you, friends, or family. Open your nonprofit Notebook Tuesdays at 11 a.m. WTBQ, radio worth listening to. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I am Grace Warren, and I'm here with... Marsha Talbot, Associate Broker, Better Homes and Gardens Rand. And we are here with our special guest, Richard Hull. He's been a wealth of information for me today, and these two are schooling me, which is (laughs) awesome, because I am interested in history. You, You know, your life goes on, and you don't really have time to learn about these things, but this is, to me, very, very interesting. And and as I've said, and I keep emphasizing, it's a wonderful marketing tool in real estate for buyers and sellers and the real estate profession. If you know the history, something about the house that you're trying to sell or buy, it it gives you a leg up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I was in the real estate industry for a number of years myself. Many people don't realize that, but I was. And, uh, And I found... My knowledge of history, of Warwick's history, was always very helpful to me in, in, mm-hmm. in buying and selling. Oh, certainly. Certainly, I can see how that would be. Um, and, and we've got the Warwick Historical Society. We've got the Drownlands Historical Society. We have the New Milford Historical Society. We have the Florida Historical Society. Uh, I mean, we've got, we've got the resources here. I'm going to ask uh, Richard another resources. question. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay. Go ahead, Marcia. Okay. Okay. Um, I think we. I'd like to n- understand better how the farms were divided by the ch- to, to the 
families of the old, the initial farmers here. That's there a, were no laws, right? You just said that's a okay, very good question. Five acres, it goes to Jonah, and always to the men, always to the oh, boys. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. do want to emphasize that. that oh, is why not, not the, always though? You know, before the American Revolution. Uh, Women in Warwick were much more empowered than they were after the American Revolution. That's interesting. The, the, the women of Warwick were definitely uh, subjugated after the American Revolution. Up until that time, you look at real estate, you look at businesses. I mean, most of the taverns, believe it or not, in Warwick were, were owned and operated by women. Huh. Um, and, and women own real estate. You, you, you look at deeds going back before the American Revolution. There are a lot of women who own So properties. why was it changed? Was it law, laws came into place, or why was that changed? Because women weren't empowered after the revolution. Yeah, but we, why? Women didn't get the right to vote to what, 1918, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, they were they were politically uh, uh, dis, dis, disempowered. But uh, did that happen because there were laws at that point that came into effect? And there had not been laws prior. Yes, right. I mean, okay. look at Amy uh, uh, Sarah Wells Bull, for example. Right. She was the first white woman to come into Orange County. She lived to be almost 100. 67,000 people today are directly descended from her. 67,000? In, in, in America. Well, she had 12 children. And, oh and, and she lived to be 100. She was a powerful woman in Orange County. She was a very forceful woman. And there were many like her here. People don't realize that. Mm -hmm. uh, women are just beginning, I think, now to really delving deep, more deeply into their history in, in America and the roles that they played. Uh, I, I wrote an essay so on, uh, on the role that women have played in Warwick's history. You mm -hmm. should read it because you would, it would blow your mind what women did in this town. Uh, wow. But, and, and anyway, to get back about, about that land. surprising. <laughs> what, what, what happened was we had uh, a, uh, what we call primogeniture. In fact, it's still saying it's an old English tradition that became entrenched in law, and and uh, and, and land when when uh, when when I uh, would make out a will, let us say, I would leave the land to my eldest son, Firstborn. usually yeah. the eldest son, and the young the other sons would have to go out and find their way. In fact, that's was that's what drove many people out of Warwick to the Midwest and to the West. Uh, the Wisners are a very good example. The Wisner family, uh, the eldest were, were inheritors. One of them went out to Chicago and got involved in Chicago real estate. And then they had that terrible Chicago fire, fire. what, mm -hmm. 1871, I think. I can't remember the date. But they uh, were able to buy up real estate and became enormous, uh, enormously important real estate people in the city of Chicago in the last part of the 19th century. And some of that money, of course, trickled back to Warwick because they always loved Warwick. And, and we got our first library, the Albert Wisner Public Library. Was from the, the came real from estate? money, from money from made Chicago. in Chicago. And so, so that's what often would happen. Not always, but usually the eldest son would, would, would inherit the farm and the other sons, well, they'd have to find their way. And uh, in fact, during the gold rush days, a lot of young Warwick men went out to California and ultimately to Alaska to make to make their fortunes. And some came back with them. Not many, but some did. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how that how that happened. Uh, it really wasn't until I would say probably only about two or three generations ago where we began to see changes in that. Uh, but um, 
uh, or what what would and and what would often happen interesting from a real estate point of view then the son the dad dad would no longer farm he'd be too old uh, it was understood that the son would would take ownership and take over so the son would get married and they'd build an addition onto the house so you can see in many of the older mm-hmm. houses around here in Orange County you'll see a house and then a big wing on the side right. and you'll think Golly, why did they build that big queen? And another kitchen there, too? Two yeah, kitchens? Yeah, so all those and children. So <laughs> yeah, right. So so two generations would live under the same roof. That was very common in Warwick. Two, two or more generations living under the same roof of, of, of the farmhouse. And then what happened later with the mechanization of farming from the 1920s, uh, farmers didn't need tenant farmers. And often the tenant farmer homes became... Um, uh, were sold off and, and became up uh, uh, for, uh, for sale. So you'll see a big farmhouse and maybe 100 yards away, a little house. And the chances are that smaller house was probably built as a tenant farmer's and what, house. when was this, in the 1800s? Uh, no, tenant farm. Well, you know, that's a difficult question, Grace. I'm not sure when I can answer that because it was a gradual thing. It didn't happen all all, all, all at once, but as... But the houses uh, that were being built for the tenant farmers were... Oh, oh, I see. The houses being built for the tenant farmers, I would say from the post-Civil War period. And they would be much more modest homes, I would suspect, right? So, like, you might see a big farmhouse somewhere, a really nice house, and then around it... And just a few hundred yards down the road or in the back uh, would be... uh, I mean, you can see it right over here in the Hathorne House. You see the beautiful stone Hathorne Mm -hmm. House built in 1773. And just about 50 feet away, right behind that house, is the little boring one. batten yes. little house, a smaller, <laughs> right. modest structure. Well, that was probably the tenant. In fact, I know it was the tenant farmer's house. So that, that's, a, that's one example of, of, of a situation like that. It, it's certainly interesting as you drive around and see, see everything at, in a new light, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, the older houses, the various uh, types of architecture that we have. I think, you know, we're lucky. It's beautiful here. We are. We are a very, very fortunate community. We have a lot of resources here uh, mm-hmm. that that we can draw upon to enrich our community. And we are drawing upon them. We have a high level of civic engagement, I think, in Warwick. Yes. Probably more so than other communities, I think. Oh, I think definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And it's probably, you know, for anybody that's been listening that's interested in this kind of thing, I mean, maybe go and visit the Historical Society and uh, see what you well, might Well, do more than visit. Become, <laughs> become a, a member. <laughs> become a member. If you become a member, then you, you're on, on the email. You get all these notices. I mean, I've been sharing information today. How do I know that? Well, because I'm a member of, of a number of organizations, and I read my email, and, and, and I get these things. And the Warwick Historicide is a great source of information about what's happening in the community. It's mm-hmm. great. So please, so, yes, join, join. So if you have an old home and you want to know the information that about the people who lived there before when it was built and uh, everything you, that possibly could happen, Check out the, the Historical Society after you become a member. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> you were kind of running out of time. Anyway, it's I think been so. so interesting this whole hour. I think we could have you on another 10 times well, and we still wouldn't cover everything we wanted Grace to. Grace and Mark. Well, thank you so much for being you're, here. You're quite you. welcome and thanks for inviting me. It was, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the, the program. Your community radio station since 1969.